Okay, so it's 22nd of June, 2012. This is the second edition of the Soybean Aphid Podcast, brought to you by Iowa State University. I am Dr. Matt O'Neill, and to my right is Dr. Aaron Hodgson. Hola! <laughs> All right, so um, we have a couple of things to talk about today. Uh, we just had our lab meeting, and we heard back from uh, the grad students and uh, and summarize what they've been seeing in the field, along with some of the reports that uh, you've been getting from farmers and extension agents and the like. So, what have you been seeing? In what have you been hearing? Well, since our, our first podcast, I really haven't heard of too many more reports of soybean aphids. So just um, a few plants, individual plants at the research farms have a few aphids, but well below anything of interest so far. I mean, just individual plants with a few small colonies starting. I haven't heard of any soybean aphid in commercial fields. Um, so it's all been just like small plot stuff where people are looking very closely. Yeah, so uh, I think that's been consistent with our grad students, too, who are spending a lot of time, uh, many hours in this heat with their face right up against a soybean plant. And <laughs> what they're seeing are, you know, very – if they find any aphids at all, it's like a single plant with mm-hmm. 5 to 10. And occasionally they see one with a large colony of maybe 80 aphids, but very low. Uh, and that's not surprising. It's still early in the season. Uh, one other thing that kind of collab- col- 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 collaborate? Collaborate? That word. Uh, the <laughs> These observations is what David Voltlin out of the University of Illinois um, has observed with his suction trap network. This is a network of some 40-some traps around the United States that capture aphids as they're flying in the air. And he has a website you can find. Uh, if you do a Google search for aphid suction trap network, it'll bring this one up. And it may not be updated just yet, but he updates it pretty regularly during the uh, main part of the summer. He's found, you know, on the order of like a half a dozen soybean aphids in that network. And again, that's not too surprising given that this is still early. These are aphids that are just leaving their overwintering host, just starting to find soybeans if they're out flying at all. So that plus the heat suggests that, you know, the numbers are going to stay pretty low. So that's soybean aphids, right? Yep. Uh, but there are more than just soybean aphids that are attacking soybeans, like those Japanese beetles. That's probably been like the hottest topic since our first podcast is uh, everyone's talking about Japanese beetle. They're finding them in soybean and corn as well. And uh, I personally have never seen the adults feeding on corn leaves until this year and so normally when I see them in corn they're feeding they're attracted to the ears and they're feeding on the silks Um, but if the silks aren't out yet they have to feed on something so um, they've been feeding on corn leaves and and like we always see Japanese Japanese beetles is you know when you find one you usually find a lot because they like to hang out together they like to feed and mate and in mass so um, I've heard about it at almost all the research farms and then also in just quite a few commercial fields. Um, most of them have been on the eastern side of Iowa, but kind of been hearing about it all over, actually. Yeah, we had a, um, a graduate student who has started this summer, and his project is to go around the state. He's got three locations, um, three counties. Floyd up in northeast Iowa, Story County here in central Iowa, and then south central Iowa in Lucas County. 
and he has a research farm in each one where he puts out sticky traps, or not sticky traps, he puts out the Japanese beetle traps. And then he goes into farmer fields, he's got permission for this to see if the uh, uh, Japanese beetles are in the soybeans. And what he's found is in the north part of Iowa, and especially in the central part of Iowa, the beetles are showing up in the traps. And that's not too surprising because these traps are attractive. They have a, a, a smelly component that the beetles just love, so they fly into these, and uh, he's finding them there. But only in Story County is he seeing them in soybean fields. So um, that's not to say that they're not out in other soybean fields, it, but it is to say that we're just now starting to see them out and these feed on a lot of different things, and they're probably just starting to move into corn and soybeans. Um, and this is probably just the tip of the iceberg. These beetles are going to continue to come out. Um, they're likely to build up in number. It's not clear how much they like the heat uh, and the dryness, but we'll see. And the one thing you want to be aware of is, like you just pointed out, they like feeding on certain parts of plants. Not so much corn leaves, but they love the silks. And as your corn starts to silk, that's something you want to keep an eye on. There are some thresholds or some guidelines. Uh, do you, can you give us a... Yeah. Uh, in soybean, we would base uh, treatments on defoliation. So right now it would be 30% defoliation, and that would be a field-wide uh, estimation of defoliation, not just uh, what it looks like on the field edges, because that does tend to look worse. And then after bloom, it would be 20% defoliation. In corn, you would be looking at a, a combination of things. If you had three or more beetles feeding on the ears, and they had been trimmed back to less than half an inch, and pollination is less than 50% complete, that would be a point at which you'd want to make an application. So really that Pollination time in, cor in corn is the most critical. Um, soybean, I mean, you're looking at not only Japanese beetle, but a combination of maybe other defoli defoliators that you might be seeing. It's just based on accumulating defoliators. Yeah, could be yeah. grasshoppers. Could be beetles. Yep. Yep, bean leaf beetle. could be loopers, you know, all caterpillars. that. Caterpillars. Caterpillars, all that kind of stuff. All is accumulative. Four-footed leafhoppers. Four-footed leafhoppers? You don't know the four-footed leafhopper? I've never heard of such a thing. Um, some technically refer to it as deer. <laughs> is that good? Ah, okay, okay, I got it. I got you. I was like, wow, a four-footed insect. Tell me more. <laughs> anyway, bad joke. But there are other things that defoliate besides right. Japanese beetle. Yeah. And it's that total amount of defoliation. Yeah. And 20%, 20 to 30%? It would be an incredible amount. If you actually were to look for the at whole the whole plant, yeah, for the whole plant, and to be a field-wide estimation, and that we haven't seen that type of defoliation in Iowa yet, although they have in other places like Illinois. Yeah, and our graduate students are coming back and saying they're seeing a lot of defoliation um, on the field edges. Now, a lot here is, you know, these are people who don't have a lot of experience yet, but they are saying, "Wow, it's more than we've ever seen before." So, I guess I wouldn't be too surprised if I were a farmer to go out and see this. But it's, you know, for beans, they can take a lot of abuse. Um, and you want to be kind of thoughtful about the use of insecticide. And especially for a critter like the Japanese beetle, that's probably going to be with us for maybe a month. Yeah, you know? I mean, I'd, I'd be afraid of almost treating too early because then if you know, you, it'll kill the ones that are there, but it won't kill the ones that are migrating in later, as you said. And so if you have... Uh, 
if you have fields that are approaching defoliation, it's it's be wise to make one well time treatment if you could at the most. So we're getting we're getting close to the end of our time. Um, again, uh, send email questions. We'd love to hear from you. Um, any other things maybe to wrap up? Are you going anywhere? Do you have any field days coming up? Um, we have some things happening in July. Um, they're all happening at Feel, which is our small extension hands on demo lab. Um, just west field of Ames. Field is an acronym for field, field Extension Education Laboratory. F-E-E-L. And I don't have the website right offhand, but um, I'll registration. I'll put it in the comments okay. or in the, or in the uh, text box. For okay. The... Registration is open, and there, I think there's like five or six programs that are happening next month. I don't know of any programs happening next week for me. You're going to be talking about Japanese beetles at the field dates? Yep. I'll be talking about Japanese beetle, some of the other soybean insects. If we have problems with spider mites as well, I'll be talking about that. Um, that certainly is going to be an issue this year. So, And we'll have at those dates uh, Mike McCarville, one of our uh, great graduate students, uh, talking about some of his work with aphid-resistant soybeans and uh, the interaction between aphids and nematodes. Hey, we can talk about that next time. Let's talk next time. All right. Thank you. I'll see you next week. See ya.